0: It was so enthusiastic, Steve. Steve just counted us down. He was so eager. Mm-hmm. He was excited to be with me this week, aren't right. you? big excitement big excitement um this is the stuff summer says podcast with steve with steve we've got uh, a couple things to catch up on got a good show first off how are you 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 look very you look very relaxed in your chair there
1: yeah this is the archie chair the archie and edith chairs in the living room um yeah good good weekend right. yeah. good penn state sports weekend yes yeah all, right. all good how about you
0: I'm, I'm in my desk chair. It's not like a it's not uncomfortable, but it's not how comfortable you look.
1: You are it's the one I've been sitting on floors before we've done this to try to get that's Wi-Fi true. connections. So that's true. <laughs> All
0: right. Um we have everybody's favorite segment, the Penn State Potpourri segment, which will be a myriad of things. Um probably gonna talk about Kevin Warren real quick. Um I wanna talk about uh like Greg Olson, slash probably like the rest of the color analysts in the NFL right now. Uh, and then I am mildly eager, mildly anxious for Old Guy, Young Guy this week.
1: Mild, anxious? Yeah,
0: you're doing it. You said you have it, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, have, I just have five questions. It's... Oh,
0: just five, questions.
1: Just so five you'll, questions. You'll knock them out of the park as always. Okay. All right,
0: let's spin the wheel. What sport do you want to start with?
1: Want to do them alphabetically?
0: Oh, that's that is a lot of thinking, but yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, this is the potpourri section. So, we got basketball. Yeah. Is that where go? We got
0: basketball. We got football. We've got wrestling and, okay. and maybe hockey. So, the, there we go. Maybe not. Okay.
1: That. So, that's basketball. That. So, what do you want to start with? Big wins over the weekend, looking like a team, maybe, sort of.
0: Very much a roller coaster season, like, but not in the traditional emotional roller coaster that we've been on for the last however many years prior to the Micah Shrewsbury era. It seems like a team that hasn't figured it quite out yet, but once they do figure it out, which they showed early on in the season, if they can figure it out, good things can happen. Um, currently sitting at, I believe, 13 and six off the top of my head. Um, they are heading to Rutgers tomorrow as we record the podcast. Tomorrow is the 24th, yes. Um, and I still think a team that can make the tournament, I still think the team that the success barometer is making the tournament this year. And I think anything below that is underachieving. Um, Most of, actually, let me rephrase that. Not all of the, the bracketology articles I've looked at have Penn state in it. Some do, some don't usually see Penn state in that nine, 10, 11 frame. Um, So I don't know who knows. Um,
1: and that's the kind of thing that makes those team and that's the kind of thing that makes those those teams that would be 9 10 11 or maybe more 10 11 even 12 if they've makes those teams a challenge for the tournament like penn state's a team that could beat a lot of decent teams right like if it's healthy and it plays well and they're hitting threes like if they were to make the tournament as 11 or 12 they may win a game or two you know i mean it just it's just if they get if they make it right like Tomorrow night's a big night. Rutgers does a great, good job against really good teams. That's a tough place to play. Like it's, you know, you worry about that. Um, we saw him against, I saw him against Indiana in person because I have a friend from Northern Virginia who's a big Indiana guy, grew up in Indiana, wanted to see IU play here, brought him up and they beat the snot out of Indiana, a team that was down a couple players, no doubt. But as bad as they've beaten anybody, of of, Nate, of note, whether or not they were really a good team, but as bad as they've beaten a team of quality in a few years, and um, they look good doing it, so they can be exciting that way. But they can also have their moments when I, I don't feel the lows are so low on the court mm-hmm. as they were before. Yeah. Like I you know, you mentioned the roller coaster. I don't. I don't feel the lows are so low. It's kind of like the small roller coaster at Kennywood now. It's not the big one.
0: Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Kennywood roller coaster, Steve?
1: Does the Steel Phantom still exist? I think or did they change that would they change that into something else
0: it's this another it's another steel phantom it's like green now it's still the steel phantom and then they got the Steelers one I've been on the Steelers one um anyways um no I I think that's a good way of putting it it's the bottom isn't as, as deep I guess would be the best way uh, uh to put it looking at their remaining schedule here you know there's one ranked opponent left which is Purdue um but there's some very good teams illinois maryland has kind of figured it out lately um ohio state's always tough um even northwestern could depending on what northwestern shows up so uh, i don't know i think again if they've still got time to collect a couple wins they probably need i would say at least six more wins to start to feel good um and then beyond that after that you know, depending on what you do, come tournament time, come um, even even in that the light latter half of February, there kind of like you're into early March, that's when people committees they start paying a little more attention to what you've done. Um, so putting that resume and figuring it out then and there, I think would be better, uh, more beneficial than anything else. Do you? Let me ask you this: They don't make the, the tournament. Are you? Extremely disappointed, mildly disappointed, or don't care?
1: Uh, Maybe mildly. I think if they don't make the tournament and they do the NIT thing again, like we've seen that movie many times during my lifetime. We haven't seen it with this coach, right? So, you know, but then we know what happened that then next year has got to be the tournament, right? Or it's here we go again with Penn State basketball. Correct. So, I guess mildly with knowing that that means that next year is the year that it's supposed to be really good or you're in trouble all over again. Um, are you more than mildly disappointed?
0: No, I think, I think I'm, I think I'm disappointed. I think that would be the, like, I am, that was my expectation for the year. That was my excitement level. That was the reason that I am tuning into more basketball games this season uh, because I expect them to be good Um and before you're like, Darian, you can't hop on the bandwagon now. Trust me, I sat through some very terrible basketball teams uh, in my college days. So You're not
1: alone if you're a longtime Penn State basketball fan. Um, yeah. Um, so
0: I don't know. I, I think disappointed would be just a, an average disappointed. Um, but I, I still feel good. Like, I still feel optimistic, I guess, would be the other way to say it um, about Penn State. Um Jalen Pickett is probably maybe all said and done might be a top five Penn State basketball player, at least in this millennium.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing that's interesting is they feel more consistently deep and supportive of the best player than they are in those years when they're pretty good, right? Like, you know, you can all name those one players that, that got them, that carried them to a tournament or the NIT. They feel deeper and better than that right that's the part when they're when they're playing well you're like okay they're more than just one guy who puts them on the rack they're, they're deep they've got some talent and, and that's the thing that for me as a somewhat Penn State basketball fan has reason for optimism I guess
0: I often think when I think about Penn State basketball like what if the Tim Frazier era had gone differently and where the program would be now like if Tim Frazier, not that he was a bust by any means, but had they kind of put the right pieces around Tim Frazier and, you know, maybe DJ Newbill grew a little bit more earlier in the, the his career, um, I think ultimately Penn State probably is ahead of the curve in terms of where they need to be or should be right now.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think that's why I'm, I am would be mildly disappointed, if at anything, if in the... the the second year, This coaching staff, they make the NIT, they make a good run. That's probably not something that a second year Penn State basketball coach has done. I mean, I'm sure somebody, I guess probably somebody did, but perhaps not, you know, so there's a little bit more than that. And it's a different world, right? So much changes, so much, you know, with the transfer portal and everything else. But, and again, I feel like I'm rooting for this team when I root for them because they play basketball, not because they're promoting me, nudging me, encouraging me asking me to climb with them whatever else it's a basketball team um and i like that about it
0: yeah there's less uh hoopla uh surrounding
1: yeah less marketing less less forced marketing it feels like
0: yeah no i can not be stressed about it all right moving on uh f is next right on the alphabet that would be the look at you very proud of me uh football news um Marquise Higgins today announced as the new wide receiver coach. Um doesn't really mean anything to me. Doesn't really mean anything to Steve, probably. Uh, we're just telling you about that. Steve kind of politely shakes his head no. Um, I think the more interesting thing for me in this whole process was this is another James Franklin learning has learned from his past and, and didn't let things meander around. Not that I think Taylor Stubblefield did a bad job. I just think maybe there probably definitely was better out there in terms of wide receiver development. Um, I think if you look at the recruiting classes uh, that are coming in, I think maybe they're lacking. And when you look at what the main competitor has had at Ohio State, those recruiting classes and those now, you know, wide receivers and now NFL wide receivers have absolutely demolished Penn State, both in terms of quality of athlete and on the field, do you think really, you know, probably two of those Ohio State close losses come down to having better wide receivers. Um, so I think this is just another step in the arms race. And this is another James Franklin isn't here to mess around anymore. Uh moment. And I think that was my just uh takeaway from the whole situation. Not to say that this was like I don't think this is like this hire doesn't really get me excited excited, but Great, like, or at least you're you saw you saw something that was wrong and you're actively trying to fix it instead of being a loyalty guy and and throwing that out the window a little bit.
1: Right. There's 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 loyalty when it matters and there's loyalty when there's no loyalty when it when it's going to help them improve. I mean that's you know we're here for the players. It's a family or whatever. But that fam that familial atmosphere doesn't stretch to the to the assistant coaching staff very much. I mean realistically in terms of the people who moved in and out. Um, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the most interesting thing to me was what everybody else saw. Apparently, the guys who were coming in knew who this was or knew that or were comfortable with whatever the change was going to be or were comfortable, less comfortable with who it was, because as soon as Stubblefield's gone, transfer portal guys show up, right? So that was an interesting thing to me.
0: And if you read into the message board, some people were saying that that was with CFIS, at least that was like academics issues. And we've been told before and and we've even talked about it on this show that there's a slower process for the transfer kind of portal in any sport. And it's just, it takes a little bit longer at Penn state for whatever reason. Uh, And it's probably cost Penn state some guys before um, not just in football. And I think ultimately um, you know, I think that maybe was what it was, but you're right. Like those, the position players aren't committing if they don't at least have a clue, or maybe they say, Okay, here's your two to three guys we're considering right now. Maybe that's what it was at the time. Um certainly anybody and everybody who has a Wikipedia page and has some similar tie to Penn State was Penn State's wide receiver coach over the last week. Um, it's true. I think people were lots of Wikipedia
1: editors were getting their fingers out and making sure whoever it was could be close had a job.
0: I think that was like this year's moment of the the coaching search I think everybody last year there was if you remember everybody was tweeting certain initials and capital letters and words and that meant that that was the that was the defensive um coordinator and then out of the blue it was Manny Diaz um I think the same thing has hap- happened again we all get hopes up that it's this person that person or that person um and that it's this person that nobody had on their their radar at all um so yeah i think i think it's not terribly surprising that, that this happened and shook out the way it did um anything else you want to say there
1: oh i mean i'm interested to see what happens um it seems like we've, we're now at the point where stuff's settling down and the next thing is going to be workout time, right? Winter workouts that began and we're going to do that and there'll be a date. Well, no, we'll have winter workouts that'll be well underway before we get a date for Lift for Life and all of that. But yeah, like we're now, it feels like we've done the crazy, perhaps the crazy season part of the football stuff. And now we're started into, I guess the other signing date comes, right? Yeah. But when I was started in the next year and that kind of stuff. And this, and, and I think college coaches, coaching, and I don't know that I want to go down this rabbit hole a lot. We can save it for another week, but it has to be the word has to be a much worse gig than an NFL coach, right? Like just has oh, 100%. to. hundred
0: percent. Yeah. 100%. You know, because you got
1: personnel guys in the NFL, whose job it is to get the players. You just got to coach this stuff of chasing kids and chasing kids in the portal and whatever else. And I know the staff has expanded, but God, this can't be a fun gig. It just can't no, be.
0: hundred percent. I, I, as we're in the midst of like college or the NFL kind of co- coaching cycle right now, I am constantly thinking that exact thought. Boy, I would not want to be a college football coach. And there's just like, I can come up with a thousand reasons that I don't want to be a college football coach. I can't come up with that many reasons that I don't want to be an NFL coach. Um, I think that's what it boils down to. Right. That's what feels
1: like the difference to me. Exactly.
0: Um, Let me ask you this What percentage of the Penn State fan base population truly cares about this hire or? any position coach higher 35%
1: that's
0: see that is too high to me. I was I was gonna put it at like 10 to 15. Okay. I would be I would be interested to see how many Penn State season ticket season ticket holders probably skewed a little bit, but I would say general population Penn State fan knows Anyone yeah. beyond James Franklin, Mike Yursich, and then Manny Diaz, like
1: defensive yeah, line right. coach. Thirty-five is too high. Yep. Yeah. That, I was just
0: that that came up. Um, I, I was reading a discussion about that, um, and I think it's interesting. I, I don't know if you're really plugged in on the program. Sure, yeah, but otherwise, no.
1: Yep, I think that's true. All
0: right. Uh, H comes next, right? Talk about Penn State men's
1: hockey? Million fan this weekend, right? Largest crowd, white out. Big win that they needed Saturday. I mean, Friday was just they needed points this weekend. They probably really needed would have been helpful to have two wins. Um, because it's you know a murderer's row for the next two weeks, next three weeks. Um, of although I don't know. I, I don't know if going I do know, I guess. I, I think going to Ohio State and going to Michigan they have been more successful there than they have been playing Notre Dame at home. <laughs> Notre Dame has had their number at, at Pagoula through the years for whatever reason.
0: And I don't, I feel like even consistently Notre Dame has had the number. I don't have the, the series split off the the, the top. Oh, it me. was like, it's like
1: 23, eight and three or some crazy thing like that. Like it was uh, overall, and it was like eight, three and one for Notre Dame at Pagoula coming into this weekend. Uh,
0: yeah, I think, but I do think your point about them winning um, and kind of settling things down on what was it, would have been Saturday, um, but that settled down the season for them. Um, and you're right. You know, you've got, you've got four series left. You've got Michigan, Ohio state, Mi- uh, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Um, the last two are at home, which is it, which is nice. Uh, but you know, that Michigan team, once again, is just stupid ridiculous in terms of talent level and then Ohio State is a program that I think Penn State has kind of always maybe played down to. I, there haven't been that many good Ohio, like top-tier college hockey years of, of Ohio State. And I think Penn State's probably been the better program, even though Ohio State's the older program. Um, but yeah, they, they, can't, they can't screw that up. They're relatively stay- safe pairwise um I think I think today and I know they were sixth in the pool and I think maybe I saw fifth in pairwise yeah they were um, three
1: last because so they probably dropped a little bit yeah
0: um so they're relatively safe you would have to think you kind of even if four teams won over top of them that were at um that weren't expected to make that still puts them in at seven basically um that would be you know, that would be fine. I think this team is surprising a lot of people. Um, I think it's surprising a lot of people around the country. I think it surprised even myself. I didn't think they were going to be this good. I thought they were they were going to be better um, than last year, but I didn't think they were going to be this much better. I have to say, like, I going back to the basketball conversation, I am thoroughly disappointed if they do not end up in Tampa this year. Like, I think that is, they need to end up in Tampa this year
1: it'll be well it would be horribly disappointing if they didn't make the tournament right at this i mean yeah yeah that's a at disaster. this point right and that was why Notre Dame was big like getting that second win was big cuz then if they hadn't won they'd have been without a win in the calendar year and i know it's two series but there's still some truth to that stuff and and i think the ohio state stuff for penn state that i've seen in the past few years i believe penn state has been as talented as penn as ohio state maybe more in some ways Ohio State's just a little more and gritty's not the right word, but it's kind of the they right they know word. how
0: to play they know how to play the right game against Penn State. I think yes. the, that that is what I've always thought about when Penn State plays Ohio State. And I, I don't know what it is. I think Steve Roldnick is still their coach over there. Uh, I don't know why he has guy's number quite like that. Um, but to me that's always been my thought too. Uh they still are third in the pairwise. Uh it is Minnesota at one. St. Cloud State at two, and then Penn State, um, Ohio State, and Michigan are both at seven, uh, tied for seven right
1: now. Right, and so, so nothing get a tie at seven. Right, and nothing that they're gonna, nothing that Penn State's gonna do, the rest of the way out, unless they collapse, is gonna hurt them in the parallel. I mean, they're gonna get some games in those series. They're gonna, they're gonna be okay, and because they're playing those top tier teams, it's, it's gonna work out okay. So, you know, I'm excited to see what they do. I, I didn't think they were gonna be this good. Um, I thought they were certainly going to be better than they were last year. Um, I think that the transfers have been especially helpful this year in terms of providing some presence and some maturity. Um, I think Xander Lamp has been good. Maybe, maybe we're talking, we talk too much about people, people talk too much about him, but I think he's been the guy who set a tone, the guy who's got to, you know, go at somebody and, and give a little bit of attitude to, to keep things moving along and, and it's worked.
0: And knock on wood, they've kind of sort of maybe actually figured out the goaltending position at Penn State, which I think has always kind of been one of the bigger Achilles heels um, um, for the program. Uh, so, like I said, I, I I would be disappointed if they don't make it to, like, the tournament is a disaster, and I really want them. Maybe it's just because I would like to go to Tampa. Uh, I was going to say, what
1: a double dip that would be for you, Tampa, Tampa, and Penn State hockey. Holy oh, cow! Oh
0: Yeah, we, we, I get on that plane. Um, what was I going to add? Oh, the jerseys. What did you think of the New Jerseys? The these.
1: They, they I, I thought they were clean. I thought they were done well. I mean, we I, we had friends here who's a big hockey guy and, and a, and a oh. small college. His daughter plays small college sports, and we get into a jersey discussion about how many jerseys does a team need, right? Like. Penn State hockey perhaps needs an alternate jersey, but he was talking about some small college baseball team that has four jerseys. And he's like, they're losing money to begin with in their season, and then they're doing four jerseys. He's like, I don't understand. And I don't know that, like, and we talked about pro teams, like, who buys these? Like, is there enough people buying these things that you make that up? And I just don't know that there is. So I don't know that I understand that model other than because we could. And the whiteout is a because we could kind of thing, or the wear white thing is a because we could thing. But they look good.
0: Do you own a Penn State hockey jersey, Steve?
1: Susan has two. I do not have one.
0: Which ones does she have? Like
1: traditional, traditional, traditional blue and white, like a, a lot of chipmunk head blue and a chipmunk head white. Okay,
0: um, I don't own one. Um, I still have that weird feeling about buying Penn State hockey stuff because I covered the team. Um, but I think these were probably my favorite. I don't love. I haven't loved the gray stuff they've done the gray with the vert, the or diagonal striping was fine because it was a, like a little bit of an homage to like older Penn State stuff and you know I'm into that um I would wouldn't hate like just the old icers like that old icers PSU was was nice it, I can picture that one um I'm trying to think about what some of the other ones um but yeah I think ultimately they were all right. They were good. They were probably my favorite ones of, of the alternate ones they've come out with, I will say.
1: And people, I mean, the crowd responded. It was a great crowd Saturday night, so that was wonderful to, you know, to see.
0: Okay. All right. Last sport. I think you're our last sport. Oh, wait, yep. let, let, me, let me just say this. Penn State women's hockey, not getting enough attention once again this season in terms of local media. Um, they just tied their program record and wins, uh, today and they still have a decent chunk of games left. Um, you know, I think a program that is really deserved to turn it around, um, after all of the stuff that they went through, um, at the start of their kind of program, uh, for as much as Penn state men's hockey had a good start, they did not have a good start. So, um good to see that happen today uh a win over mercy
1: yep good job
0: all right wrestling you're fired about wrestling what are you fired up about
1: i'm fired up i think this is a media thing um the the media story and subtext this past weekend was that more wrestling matches should be at the jordan center um uh, the, the cdt story and like the second paragraph said there were fifteen thousand people you know dash more than twice that could twice the capacity of rec hall dash and then continue stop it like to me rec hall is wrigley it is lambeau field it is all those things for wrestling and it's great that you can do one or two big matches a year i know there's a bottom line hit and benefit in ticket sales to wrestle indiana maryland or clarion there but you're not going to sell the place out Mm-hmm. and then you're going to drape the top and it's just if you do it right right you can still produce it the lights are down it'll still look kind of the same but what makes penn state wrestling special and full disclosure it's easy to say this when you have season tickets to it but what makes it special is it it feels special people are trying to get tickets people want to be there because they're good and ah, there's just something in mean, rec hall's stinks as a fan thing. I mean, I'm sure there's people who love it. But lines are long for food, bathrooms can be long. It it's it's elbow to elbow, but it's it's what Penn State wrestling has always been. So I think to move more out of the, out of there into the BJC would be a mistake. I just think it would be a mistake. I think there's lots of good things about the BJC, but it's not an every match venue for the wrestling team. I don't think. I have,
0: I feel like that it was, has been the argument from day one. Like, Penn State, like, as soon as Penn State basketball did the return to rec thing, and then right around the same time wrestling did its first BJC duel, it was like, why don't we just switch them? And I think you're right. Like, I never really thought about it, the whole Wrigley thing. Like, but yeah, I think that having wrestling in rec hall, which is, one of the best, if not maybe the best, college sports experience that I've ever experienced, um, and I only went once. Um, I, I just think that would be a missed opportunity. I think it, I, I I agree. I, and, and I think the novelty of of having wrestling at the BJC would wear off.
1: Yeah, like and, and Iowa has has led attendance like fifteen years, and they average like fourteen thousand at Carver Hawkeye. So they get some bummer teams too. Well, I mean, they get Indiana and Nebraska, but you know, they and then Maryland, I guess. And they they're just, it's just a different market. Like I don't I Penn State might average 12 well, or 11 if it did everything, but in, not 15.
0: At Penn State, you've got quite literally hockey across the street competing at the same night right. for, for your your fan base. You've got all these, uh, you've, you have a lot more sports than what Iowa has. And also, we all know that in Iowa, they don't have very much to do even. In, and that's probably one of the reasons why it's big here in Pennsylvania is there isn't much to do, but it's even bigger in Iowa because they have less to do. Um, I did see, and I think it was maybe Ben Jones off the top of my head. I, I saw an interesting Twitter discussion. Let me ask you this. What would your thoughts be? On a wrestling-specific venue, like you only used it for wrestling.
1: No, I mean, cause I mean, I don't know. I guess they might—they'd be making a lot of money then, right? Like to be able to afford that. I know they talked about exploratively. Hey, what ifs about Pagula for a wrestling match or two? And you don't get much in capacity, but you get sweets and you get alcohol sales, conceivably, or you could do that food thing upstops. So you could sell. Bigger packages, so your per cap would probably be higher for the same number of fans. That would be interesting, but the fans still wouldn't be on top of it like they are at Rec Hall. I guess you could put more floor seats, probably. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you'd get a couple, you could sell them. You probably couldn't see out of them, right? Like, because they'd have to keep them flat because the ones in the first row of the ice would be um, flat. I, I, no, I don't. I don't. I think they've got a great venue and I think they've retrofitted it over the years and made it better. I think it's really good for wrestling. And I think the Jordan Center is really special a couple times a year. But and I think they should just kind of And not that status quo is a, the only thing. But I think status quo in this situation is a productive thing and the right thing.
0: Um, man, recall used to be a dump. That was the only thing I was going to say. It it, it it actually has gotten a lot better. Um, I think, I'm God. I can't even imagine what it was like back in your like, back in your day, Steve. Um,
1: it had character. Yeah, it wasn't a yeah. dump. It had character. Oh, okay. Sorry.
0: All right. Anything else on our Penn State potpourri?
1: No, we did a good job. I think lots and okay. lots of stuff. All right.
0: Uh, real quickly, let's go. Let's go chat about Kevin Warren. Um, here's my question to you at this point. You are Big 10 commissioner for one day and one day only. What is the first thing you are doing?
1: Oh, wow, that's good. Um Man, what do I I am giving I am giving for TV broadcasts live access to the replay official so you can see it as it happens mm-hmm. as opposed to like the interim or whatever else. I'm getting just letting the replay official make the to get a decision, make a decision. It's going to be sponsored by Pearl, Pearl Optics, right? So see clearly, mm-hmm. and you're going to see what happens on review process, and it's going to be open to the public and the viewing public.
0: Uh, is there audio?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Full okay. thing. Full disclosure.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, you were thinking
1: could... about it. You must have a good one.
0: Ah, uh, that that was that uh, that one was that is much better than my answer. Um, my answer is my biggest gripe. I would, um, and they're probably gonna do it anyway next year. I would um, come up with a streaming service that can compete, and I don't have to pay extra for um, for Olympic sports slash those three basketball games that I have yep. to <laughs> watch on BTM Plus every year. Um, that would be my biggest need. One, if I can watch Wofford basketball any day of the week on ESPN Plus, it is ridiculous that I can't watch Penn State basketball, a Power Five program makes sense um do you care who replaces kevin warren
1: no and and it's funny like his stock changed a lot during his tenure right his brief tenure you're like everybody was like who's this guy even though he had great chops then it was like he's he's an idiot because of how the, the pandemic played out then it was like well even a blind squirrel finds a nut when when the tv contract came out because like nobody thought it was him doing it they thought it was fox pulling the strings or whatever else yeah And now he's like this pretty smart guy who's back at the NFL with a good gig and a, in a, in a historic team. I like, I feel like a lot of
0: people don't like him or haven't liked him or didn't like him as big 10 commissioner. I thought he did a very fine job. I think ultimately we're going to look back on Kevin Lawrence, Warren's legacy when, you know, the the next TV contract comes around and you've got USC and UCLA in there. um, All because of largely him, you know, trying to, Rack in those dollars even more um
1: so yeah yeah i don't um, think they did a good job of making a connection with him for fans or, or the, yeah
0: he, but but i don't know that that
1: was the job either right like i right. don't know that so i think that's why yeah
0: yeah i feel like with jim delaney like i feel like for a multitude of reasons you knew who jim delaney was kevin warren you kind of were like oh that guy um a lot more often
1: okay true very true Alright,
0: um, this week's sports media segment. Um I this this comes about off of a couple of things. Um, mainly as I was sitting watching football on Sunday. Um mainly mainly in the six o'clock hour to about the eight o'clock hour, when I was done listening to Tony Romo say every possible thing that he could to just annoy me and was excited to listen to greg olson and there's been a couple articles today um, about greg olson uh, basically eventually might have to pass the job over to tom brady if tom brady retires um but fuck it but he's making it harder because he's done such such a good job and honestly right now i think he's my number one of the main four color analysts uh in terms of network where would you put him?
1: I don't know that I disagree with that. I think he's done a good job. I think there was little to no expectation um, that he was a seat holder. And I think he's done a good job. He knows when to talk. Um, certainly there's, there's um, coaches and advisors, right? And, and producers and directors and people between weeks telling people, hey, here's what worked, what didn't. Um, I think in, in the world of a league with good tight ends, his expertise is helpful. Um, he and I, and I do think the the pushback on Romo now, with as much as he's being made, and conversations about the the landscape of what you're going to pay an analyst being changed. You know, like Sean Payton saying, you know, I mean, he's talked about twenty million as a coach and big money as, a, as an analyst. I think maybe networks may say, hey, why do we need to pay this much to an analyst? You know, why right. can't we find somebody who's really good at, at the right price? And I think Olsen is really good at the right price.
0: Yeah. And I think this goes back to the conversation we've had about, uh, does Tom Brady make me want to turn a football game on more? Mm. Not right. that much more. Um, but I just feel very like Greg Olson does a very good job of of sitting down, explaining the game to me, educating me through the game saying what he saw explaining what he saw explaining why he why what happened happened um and and some people were just like here's a guy who did that thing like he really threw him out of the way like romo was and then romo's thing new thing is like these like hyperboles slash sayings that when the game's getting out of hand well they might have a chance here to come back and they're down 42 to 10 like no they're not they're not coming back. Like I've watched a thousand football games in my life. You're, you're lessening my experience as a viewer, because you don't think I'm that smart.
1: Yeah. I mean, he, he was a, he's not a one trick pony, but the first trick, the first couple of years was knowing the plays before they happened, Right. And, and, and I would say any quarterback who's decent, who didn't bring some of that to the game probably wasn't a very good quarterback, right. To know what was going to work here, what was happening, but predicting plays is, is is not the job. Sharing what happened and why it happened is the job. And he's not super good at that because he talks too much. And he sounds he sounds a lot like a fan. And there's nothing wrong with enthusiasm. And you don't have to be buttoned down and boring in what you do, but he's not efficient with his ins and outs sometimes. And I, I just think as the number one guy for a place for a network, he could be better because there's just yeah. so much support around those guys. Each guy has their own statistician. The, the network has their own statisticians and prep teams. There's really no reason for a misstep by those folks for the most part. Right. And you misstep less if you talk less. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um,
0: I, the, one of the articles that kind of brought this conversation on is Awful Announcing released their like ranking of all of the NFL announcers. So all of the, even including their regional announcers, Um, and Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson weren't even in the top five. They were number six, uh, which kind of surprised me. I I don't think Burkhart's bad. I think I want, I just haven't, I haven't built a relationship with Burkhart yet.
1: Exactly. Right.
0: I think, and I think once I do maybe here in two years, like, yeah, I put him. So I don't agree with him, them being in the top or them not being in the top five, but I think that would be, uh, my, my takeaway on Kevin Burkhart and probably why he's there. Uh five was Tarrico and Collinsworth. Four was Nansen Romo, which I, I I think I would put tariko and Collinsworth ahead of Nansen Romo. Uh, three, uh Joe and Troy. Uh two is Kevin Harlan and Trent Green. Kevin Harlan carries the whole weight there for me. I that's no, true. Sure. Yeah, Green I don't is, I don't think
1: Kevin, I, I, yeah, I don't think yeah. I agree. Yep. Um
0: and then number one, which I probably, if I sat down and really ranked them all, I think I would agree with this, is Ion Eagle and Charles Davis.
1: Yeah, I'm still working to get over Charles Davis. He's gotten a lot better in the past couple you don't of like years. Him? I, he's gotten a lot better in the past couple of years. I just didn't like him doing his college stuff. as well. I think I think he's better with Ion Eagle than I've heard him with anybody else, honestly. So I I like him more than I did before. Um, and I'm so glad. And this is not in all Kirk Herbstreet's fault. But Michaels doesn't belong on that list.
0: There above any of those people. Yeah, there where he is in now. It. I think it's just because Al Michaels is collecting a paycheck right now, and that's right. That's, I mean, he's like, you can tell that's what he's doing. Yes. Um, so the worst ranked was Chris Myers and Robert Smith, which if you get the Chris Myers and Robert Smith game, you know it's going to be a game.
1: <laughs> that's the truth. So. <laughs>
0: um okay cool all right i'm ready let's do it this week's old guy young guy brought to you by steve
1: okay it's just five questions just five that's what. He just said. five questions this is sports and daring in general okay. i think okay, um uh what was the color of the t-shirt for the first youth sports team you played for and what was the nickname of that team
0: it was, it was AYSO, which was the Altoona Youth Soccer Organization. Uh, I believe it was green, green and white. And I don't remember the name.
1: Okay. Just write these down. Okay. Number two. Uh, why
0: is he writing them down?
1: I just want to remember what you said. Okay. Uh, what was your, number two, what was your biggest success or shining moment as a sports participant?
0: I don't know if this one was is was necessarily like my biggest moment, but my most memorable moment was that we went to Mary Lemieux did a hockey camp every year. Mm-hmm. um and on the Tuesday, he would come to this hockey camp and skate with you. and I got to pass the puck with Mary Lemieux. So that would be get out of here. Where was it at? It's at uh, Neville Island where r m u plays or yeah. played played plays.
1: Was it a day camp or did you stay down there?
0: No, it was a whole week. Like it was, so Lemieux's brother ran the camp and then like the first day, like Ray, or not Ray Bork, what's the other Bork that does the, Bill Bork, Bork. he would come and then Lemieux would come the next day and then there would be another person, like another, like relatively recent alum. Um, I think Mark Reckie even might've done it the one year. Um, and he was current still current with the penguins. because um, it was in the middle of the summer, they didn't have everything going on. Um, it was pretty cool. It was, it was a it was a neat experience.
1: Very cool. That's a nice answer. Number three, I printed these out and then they had like a blue background. I have no he idea why. I printed them out. Like, because I'm old. Um oh, number three, your first Penn State football game question mark.
0: Well, so the correct answer was I don't know because I was in the womb. Um, my mom took me while pregnant. Um, I, I genuinely don't know mainly because I went to at least one game every year. Um, but I was like a baby. So I'm sure my mom knows this answer. It would have been the 95 season, right? No, 90, it would have been the 94 season. So I don't, I don't know. The, The first Penn State football memory I have is the 1999 Minnesota game though, which is a
1: so that's your first so – that okay. So what do you remember about that game?
0: I just God remember the end. Yeah, I just remember the end, being very upset. Yeah.
1: So – but you know, you you were they watching knew, or you were
0: there? We were there. I I remember we were there. We sat up um, on, like, the 20-yard the line in the, the, like, the uppers. Not, like, at the upper part of the stadium, but, like, on the uppers on the, like, side where the, the press box is. Uh, and i remember them missing and then losing or, or i remember the the field goal and then losing and then being crying in my mom's lap losing
1: oh interesting yeah we would have been right down from you huh. like we right. would have been like i don't know like the 30 yard line probably interesting okay cool um uh, Number four, what was the name of your elementary school crush?
0: Yeah, Sabrina Filkowski.
1: Sabrina Filkowski? Filkowski, yeah. yeah. Wow, what is she doing now?
0: She's a teacher, actually. Well, worked out well for her. Oh, huh. yeah.
1: And the last one is number five. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. You can have one record setting, unparalleled season. And then, never be any good again. Okay. Which sport would you prefer that to happen in?
0: Does the record setting include a world championship or a championship? Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, then it's, I'm picking the Pirates. Just that that one year sati- satiates me for forever.
1: Okay. Cool. well, those are good answers. All right. Now um, we need
0: to now we need to run through them with you. Let's go. No, for
1: because because sure. I'm having an issue here. Okay, I'm having an issue because I was supposed to have a guest for this segment. Oh God! And my and for some reason they're saying they're logging in, but I'm not seeing that. Oh All right. This so is- now I'm trying to see what I did wrong, and this is when old people play with technology. That's the problem. Um, let me see.
0: Is it my mom?
1: Why would it be your mom? I don't
0: know.
1: How good would that be, though? Mm-hmm.
0: I'm worried. I'm worried who it is.
1: Um, we'll vamp for a second. I just resent okay. the link. Um, okay. Let's see if they jump on. So, yeah, I'll go through mine. Let me see. Okay. I don't know if I have the answers. Uh, oh, first team. I don't know if it the first team, the first team we were, uh, the first team I remember was blue baseball, because we didn't have soccer in my day. Uh blue baseball, like minor league baseball, we were the Rangers, I think. Or we might have just, yeah, we were the. I think we were the Rangers, because then our little league team split. We weren't just one team for our town. And then my league, we had too many guys and we split, and then both teams sucked. We'd have been great if they'd have kept one team. But <laughs> the minor league baseball team was the Rangers. It was like four-inning student pitch baseball, kid pitch baseball. And we were just awesome because in four innings it didn't matter. Um Biggest oh, sports shining moment as a sports? Wow, there were none of those. Um, I probably scored. Oh no, I made districts in track. That's I made districts a, that's in an track. Like, that's I, not I, easy I, to I do. Made the, ran the three hundred meter intermediate hurdles and made districts in track. So that was good for you. That, that was, was probably not bad. Yeah. Um, the first Penn State football game. I, my first Penn State football game in person was freshman year as a freshman, um, sitting behind the goalposts, I think I told the story, in a, in a blue and white jersey that I had somehow procured from a rival high school, which was blue and white. Um, oh, there's my waiting room participant. Um, I'll, get, I'll give my answer quick. Um, and the, the kid, a kid walked up to the end zone, and it was his jersey from the rival high school. And he literally bought his jersey off my back at my very first Penn State football game.
0: That, you've never told me that story. That's yeah.
1: Awesome. So yeah. Okay. I'm gonna stop at three All answers. Right. I'm gonna admit All our right. guest.
0: Let's let's see who this guest is. I'm anxious, I'm eager.
1: I think I have a guest that says joining. There's little bubbles bouncing. Oh, it yeah. It is have my guest. mom. Look at that. So we do have your mom once she gets oh connected. And we're gonna check your answers.
0: Okay. All right. She's on mute. Can you?
1: She's on mute. Ask her unmute. Oh, she's unmuted. There she is.
2: Hi, Steve. There she
1: is. Hi, how are you? Wow. I'm good. How are you? Good. Darren guest that I said, I have a guest I'm trying to figure it out. He's like, is my it. mom? So <laughs> but we're, we're gonna check answers now. So he his question, he the, the color of the t-shirt and his first youth sports team. He said it was green, it was a soccer team, and he doesn't remember the name.
2: I have um East End. Little league
0: minor team. Uh, okay, like that would have been blue. Yeah. Okay, if we we're, I, <laughs> it I was um anytime tire. tire, which wasn't a real. We were so bad that wasn't a real, <laughs> real sponsorship. That wasn't a real company.
1: Oh, that's still good. You guys are good. Um, the second one, his biggest, uh, success or shining moment as a sports participant, he said it was passing the puck to Mario Lemieux at hockey camp.
2: See, I was gonna say that. But he was at hockey camp, and I was thinking more of that he was actually playing in a game.
1: Okay, so you said what?
2: So I said the night you took the puck to the back of your head. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> how
0: I scored my first high school goal.
2: <laughs> and oh, he dove in front of the puck. It was like the end of the game, so the other team didn't tie it up. And everybody was like all excited. It was Hollidaysburg and Altoona, yes. and everybody was all excited. And we're like in the um, out waiting for the kids to come out and Darian comes comes out and he's like, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. He had like a goose egg that was probably as big as a softball in the back of his head. <laughs>
1: so, mm, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing good. Uh, the third question was his first Penn State football game question mark. And I believe he said what you said, which was go ahead. What I said. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I said that you were going to say that you went to your first game when you were in the womb. And I actually took you to your first game when you were nine months old. See, I was right. And (laughs) you slept. And the best part of that whole thing was we sat down in the seats, and this older gentleman was sitting beside us. And he looked at me and he said, You better keep quiet the whole time. And Darian actually slept through a lot of that game, and I'm sure I probably still have the ticket stub somewhere here. And um, there was a little kid that was in front of us; he was like two, and he was like a holy terror. And Darian was as, as good as could be. <laughs> so, but Darian's always good as could be. Never, oh, all right, look at
1: that! That's good. Well, you guys are you. you guys are hitting it out of the park so far. And I think you got this one right. The name of his elementary school crush was
2: Sabrina. Yes.
1: That. Very good. Now, that this is the last question, and I do think you disagreed on this one. Oh, no. I asked Darian he could have one record-setting unparalleled season and then never be any good again. He asked if that would include a championship, and I said yes. No, I didn't give Bev that context, so she didn't follow up. And, Bev, what did you say it would be?
2: Well, I said the NHL because, and I'll tell you why, because I would think that he would want to win the Stanley Cup because who doesn't want to win the Stanley Cup? do you know what i'm saying uh,
0: yes okay okay you went because i mean I even from the me fan perspective. If I... yes i would have i would have picked that answer from the athlete perspective
1: he went okay. from the fan perspective and said if he could have any year and it was a championship year he'd take the pirates and lead him to a championship oh, and never be well. a
2: i mean i thought about baseball but but i i mean who doesn't want to win the stanley cup you know what i'm saying that's so. fair
1: True. Sure. You guys are good. If it would this, have been like some mom and the son show, you guys would have hit it out of the park. That's wonderful.
2: Steve pulled a fast one on me here.
1: I didn't know this was happening. So good for Steve. Well, no, I didn't. Steve it. Wins. Yeah, I thought so too. would be fun. Thank you both for playing along. You're um, welcome. That made old guy young guy much better. Dare yes. surprised. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. Cool. All right.
0: Um, well, we're gonna hang up the podcast now. Okay. Um, you can you can just. Oh wait! Can I say can, one thing? Yes.
2: Happy birthday, Darien. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> Look at that. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Bev, very much. You're welcome. Thank it's you. It's for nice joining. to meet you, Steve. You as well. You've met Steve.
0: No. Yeah, I think you have.
1: Um, no, I have never no. met Steve. No, the okay. next one's going to will be next Miller Lights at some football game next season. What?
2: Yeah. A tailgate. Or, or the
1: blue white tailgate. There we go. You know, yes. April 15th. Count the days. There you go. Count
2: right. the days.
1: <laughs> cool. Okay. That's good. Thank you.
2: Right. That's good. You're welcome.
1: All right, see you, mom.
2: Bye. See, you, I love you.
0: Love you. That was good, Steve. Good job. Good job. I did. I. Are you mad that I guessed it?
1: Oh no, no. I was. I'm not. Okay. I'm actually not super surprised with the questions, but that's great. So I'm good. Okay. All right. You got. Um, you guys did a hell of a good job on the answers. So kudos to you.
0: Yeah. No. I, I we're pretty we're pretty insane, and I. Um. All right. Cool. Well. We'll hang up the podcast now. Uh, this was a longer podcast. I didn't expect it to be this long. Um, but that was a fun one. Um, we have an email. It's stuff. Summer says podcast at gmail.com. We've got uh, a show that you just listened to. Uh, five stars. Thumbs up. All of that would be much appreciated. Um, then let's see. We've got Twitter handles. Mine is at stuff. Summer says Steve's is.
1: at Steve Samson.
0: Other than that. Going once, going twice. Steve, you didn't answer who your high school or your, your elementary school crush was.
1: Yeah, let's say that for two weeks from now because I got to think about that. Let's go back and look at like little elementary school yearbooks or something.
0: Okay. All right. All right. Mold it to it. Mold it to it. We won't tell Susan. We won't
1: tell Susan. Yeah, she doesn't listen anyway. Okay.
0: Wow, Susan. <laughs> that, you, the, she's not listening, so we can say whatever we want about her. So. All right. See you. See you. Bye.